I will destroy them all. Hello and welcome to the Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Tyler, and this episode is late. Uh, sorry about that. I ran into an urgent ferret issue, and Bill couldn't record this week because. Um, he didn't actually tell me, but I just assumed, you know, he had like work or something. Um, he has this tendency to put uh, the well-being of his family before the podcast, but not me. I'm back to talk about episode 71 of Attack on Titan. Guys, and a uh, fair warning up top, um, this week things might get a little politically charged. Another fair warning, uh, we're gonna talk about abs. And if you hear purring, that's my cat Chewie, who is in my lap. Uh, so before any of that, uh, we've got to talk about Armin, maybe being like a little perv or whatever. So Armin is down in whatever basement they keep Annie in, and he reaches out to touch her crystal. Before he does, Hitch, who is apparently guarding Annie now, uh, tells him he isn't allowed to touch her. He then gets like super defensive and says he was only wanting to touch her to see, you know, if he can unlock like some Titan memories, uh, which all makes sense, but the way he delivers it makes him seem super guilty. Um, <laughs> He's all like, please don't ban me. I'm doing this for science. This is for the future of mankind. All humanity. Um, it's a nice light opening to an otherwise fairly dark episode. A lot of people online seem to think uh, Hitch stole the scene. Um, I totally expected the reactions to this episode to be pretty horny, but uh, not for Hitch. Um, I thought all the horny talk was going to be about Aaron's scene. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Why are people online always like so horny? It's fine. Like, like what you like. But honestly, one of my favorite things about the series is that compared to other anime, it's like not weird and pervy. Almost never. Um, the women aren't overly sexualized and we see tons of them in like leadership roles and as, you know, just being like general badasses uh, as far as like hero heroes and villains. So... Yeah, early on, several of the characters have a thing for Historia, but they're teenagers, and the show itself didn't do anything to make her, who was also a teenager, like, sexualized, like, at all. Anyways, um, I have a new hobby in taking screenshots of people on Reddit and Twitter being, like, all horny for the show. So, um, here are a few things I read about Hitch. I'm just, like, trying to prove to... Uh, Bill, that it's not me. I'm just trying to voice, give those people a voice on this podcast. All right. So uh, someone said, can we talk about how hot they made Hitch look? Uh, then someone replied, Mappa made everyone have a glow up. Dude, what the fuck? She's still hot, but for some reason, Manga Hitch gets me way more. Yeah, that wasn't that interesting. <laughs> I took these a few days ago and I thought I thought maybe I like saved some that were more interesting than that anyways moving on so uh then hitch and armin walk and talk about their crushes on annie uh hitch asks armin if he's heard the news she then shows him a newspaper that says something about you know distrust in the military is at an all-time high due to the military wrongfully detaining aaron yeager with no explanation then to both of their surprises they run into an anti-military protest and i'm curious how long were they underground with annie like i i I didn't realize how funny this was until my second viewing, but it's it's really funny that Armin like reads the news and then he sees the news in front of him and like he, he takes like two steps. Yeah, I, I don't know why he had to read 
to find out about that. Like, it's weird that that's all in the same scene. So anyways, uh, the people protesting have some pretty interesting things to say. One is yelling, only Aaron Yeager can avenge the Eaton. And that really rolls with the tongue right. Like, I like that saying. Um, I can totally see it being manipulated into like a vegan slogan. Avenge the Eaton. Like, yeah, put that on a shirt, PETA. Probably. I can make fun of vegans because I'm vegetarian. It's okay. Um, So then Pixis is still interrogating Yolanda, if that is her name. I still want to call her Yolanda. But anyways, um, he's interrogating her about her involvement with Aaron going rogue. And essentially what we learn is that she's just a, a she's just a simp. Um, she believes that Aaron and Zeke are going to change the world before their very eyes and restart, reset the course of history. All she wants is for them to know who she is and want to see like shit go down from their sides. So uh, prior to Aaron going rogue, she met with him in secret and told him that something had to be done to get Paradise's military into action because they can't seem to pull the trigger on Zeke's plan. Yeah, Pixa says, do you know how to tell a good lie? Sometimes you have to mix some of the truth in with it. Which I think means that Pixis doesn't believe she didn't give Aaron specific instructions from Zeke to carry out. But I think she might be telling the truth, honestly. I'm, I'm not sure, but she has that crazy look in her eyes. And so I think she really just like worships the Jaeger brothers and was like very eager to meet Aaron without really having any goal in mind. But I could be totally wrong there. I should know because I've read past this, but I don't remember. <laughs> uh, next, we have a squirrel. Yeah, we see a squirrel, and honestly, that's pretty neat. We haven't seen too many non-working like animals on the show. We see tons of horses. Um, I think we've seen some cows, you know, birds. Uh, but I, I vaguely remember seeing a cat in some episode, and I think that's the only pet we've ever seen. There might be a dog, but they're few and far between. So I, I thought it was cool to see a squirrel. Um, <laughs> anyways, all that really happens in the scene with the squirrel is that Hanji and Anya Kapong, that's what I'm going to call him, uh, they solidify their trust in each other. And despite him being detained due to what they learned about Yolana, uh, which actually, I, mm, he they, they were detained. The volunteers were detained, and then they learned that, oh, Yolana did something, and they have a reason to detain them. Um, yeah, so... What was he saying? Oh, yeah, they maintain their friendship despite the fact that, and like trusting each other despite the fact that they were like wrongfully detained. Uh, so Anya Kapong tells Hanji how brutal Yolana was toward Marlians, uh, which makes Hanji go, hmm, that's, that's a bit weird because, you know, once she was on the island, she like demanded they have like certain rights. And why, why did she have the sudden change? Like, what did she have? What was her motivation for that? Uh, then we have the scene with Armin and Mikasa meeting the head of the military slash government. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, sure, her story is the queen, so you would expect her to be the actual leader of the government, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't have any power and is just like a figurehead. Uh, so they talk with Zach, Zachary. I have Zachley written. I'm pretty sure at one point he was named Zachley. He was referred to as Zachley in something, but... I double-checked, and it's Zachary. So, yeah. So, yeah, they talk with Zachary about seeing Aaron, and he says no because of the whole meeting with Yolanda thing. The uh, The military is currently investigating if anyone else was involved in that. Uh, this implies to me that he does not trust Armin and Mikasa because of their connection with Aaron. But then he says that he is the only 
that he's only telling them this information because it's them, which then implies that he does trust Armin and Mikasa. So I don't know why he won't let them see Aaron. Um, maybe it's because of something that Armin theorizes later. So uh, Mikasa asks what will happen to Aaron. And then takes a look at the chair uh, Zachary is standing next to. And if you don't remember this chair, you're going to think I'm totally making this up because it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so it's a special torture device that Zachary invented himself where a person is placed in it upside down. Uh, their, their legs and arms are like locked into it. And then a tube goes from their buttholes to their mouth and they're forced to eat their own shit. Yeah, that sure is something. Um, <laughs> uh, we saw it used previously in, uh, I think it was season three. Yeah, it would have been in season three when the military overthrows the royal government. They torture a couple of people, maybe just one, using it. And uh, yeah, like Zachary like loves this thing that he came up with. And <laughs> he brushes off Mikasa questioning what the chair is doing there by saying that, you know, there's there was nowhere to store it. And some recruits just brought it in for him. Some Some nice recruits. Which um, Armin and Mikasa saw some scout recruits leaving his office when they got there. So that checks out. But they also weren't sure why they were there. I'm sure it's nothing. And so, yeah, he might actually be telling the truth to a degree about the chair just being there uh, for no real reason. Because he is proud of that chair. And at one point called it like a work of art. <laughs> Uh, so he probably just likes looking at it and like reminds him of the good old times when they used to like torture people. They probably still torture people, but I don't know. I, I doubt he's using it to eat his own shit, but he could. So anyways, Armin and Mikasa leave and Armin theorizes that they have completely lost trust in Aaron and are planning to feed him to someone uh, so they can put the founding Titan into the hands of someone they trust. And he's probably right about that, which is some crazy ass hubris on behalf of the military, because if they think that they can get someone to eat Aaron against his will, they're just kind of crazy. Um, if that was their plan, they should have probably tried to catch him off guard and done it like immediately, like maybe tell him he's going to talk to like Armin and Mikasa and then just like have a tight need him, like instead of putting him, you know, in prison that he has shown that he can break out of if he wants to, like he did that weird like partial transformation in front of Hanji so he's you know he's prepared to turn and he obviously I guess is keeping himself with some kind of injury just in case he wants to turn at any moment or something so uh if they think that they can just throw a mindless titan in and it's like anything smaller than like a Rod Reese sized titan uh and get it to eat him they are crazy because he's just gonna destroy that thing no problem You think so, Chewie? Chewie said he could eat them. Uh, so then the chair explodes. Uh, Mikasa dives on top of Armin to protect him, which is a hella cute moment. And uh, Zachary's body goes flying outside and lands with a big old splat right next to the protesters. That was like a very satisfying sound. I Something like that. Um, everyone looks very shocked. Yeah, and by everyone, I mean like the military, the protesters, uh, the squirrel. Uh, everyone. One minor change to this scene from the manga is that in the manga, his face gets blown off. Like, n not his head, it's still attached, but there's no skin covering his mouth, and you can see, like, his teeth further back, so his teeth didn't get blown out. That's nice. Like, that's good for him. They can identify the body using those. Um, in the anime, they frame the scene so that you can't see his mouth area. 
Um, so they just avoid that whole like, oh, no, we didn't censor it. We just didn't show it. It still happened. Uh, so it's not a big deal, but just something I noticed. So now we are getting to the politically charged bit I mentioned at the top of the episode. So the protesters in reaction to the explosion start chanting, give your hearts and talking about like fighting. Now's the time to fight. And then they don't really do anything. Um, in this episode, at least, it's hard for me not to draw comparisons between these events and the recent storming of the U.S. Capitol. Uh, obviously, this was written long before the U.S. insurrection, but it, it's strange watching it afterwards. Yeah, I, I've got a lot more to say about it once we get introduced to the Jaegerist and uh, Aaron's app, so I'm going to hold off onto that for now. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. But there's a lot to talk about before we get to those abs. Um, in the next scene, the military is trying to figure out like what their next move is going to be after the attack, and Aaron escapes from his cell, and several other people escape from their cells that like are associated with him. And the person who I assume leads the military police, I'm, I don't know his name, and I'm not positive that this is him. I don't know his face either. So uh, he's like, okay... This group of people supporting Aaron Yeager, they need a name. We need to be able to refer to them something. And uh, does anyone have any ideas? Like, anyone? No? Like, literally just anything. Like, there's, there's no wrong answer. Just throw something out. N- not, not a single idea. And he's like, fine. Guess we'll just call them, like, Yeagerist or something. And I don't know why I hate that name so much, but I do. Uh, perhaps it's because it positions Aaron as like this mythical figurehead leading a cult, but I, I think it just sounds pretty unimaginative. Like it's kind of just, it's a very like utilitarian name, like it's functional. You, you, you know exactly what they are, but I don't know. It, like I can't think of a better name for them personally. So, I mean, I guess it's fine. Actually, maybe I can uh, maybe like something with the devil. It'd be kind of neat if they called them like, I don't know, the devils of paradise or like the devils of Eldia, since they want to be like known as the Eldian nation or like something leaning into the whole island devils, like good Eldians thing. Um, that could be interesting. Maybe to me, maybe you like the name Jaegerist, but I don't know. Jaegerist works, I guess. It just, it yeah, I just I think a more creative metaphorical name could exist. The moving forwards, I don't know. So uh next Norman sort of names Pixis as the successor to Zachary, and that seems weird. 
that he did that, especially while he's in a room of superior officers. Like, I feel like there should have been some kind of vote or something. Um, but yeah, all of the heads of the three military branches are there. You've got Pixis, the head of the garrison. You got Haji, the head of the scouts. You've got what's his name, head of the um, military police, probably. And instead, like Armin's just like, hey, Pixis, you're the only one who could lead us. And Pixis is like, yeah, you're right. I, I think if we could hear like, Armin's thoughts in that moment, he would be, you know, thinking, okay, being a friend of Aaron's, I automatically look suspicious as hell. So I need to determine who the next leader will be and, you know, suck up to them. So through a process of elimination, he decides that Pixis will probably be like the one who steps up into power. And he says that thing thinking like, all right, let me get on this guy's good side because, you know, Hanji is going to get punished because most of the Jaegerist are scouts recruits. Uh, they're they're led by a scout, uh, Floak, Flock, Floach, Flock. We're going to go with Flock. Uh, and then I, I don't know why he, I guess like no one knows the name of the guy or if he does run the military police. He's not very recognizable. No one cares about him. It's got to be Pixis. And as Pixis's first act as like supreme ruler or whatever the fuck they call their leaders, uh, he says they should surrender to Aaron and Zeke, which sounds bad. Sounds like he could be compromised and is a Jaegerist. Maybe Yolanda like brought him over to the dark side. I don't know. He then elaborates that they won't actually surrender, but if they're going to stand against the other nations, they need to be like united and stop all the infighting. So for the good of the nation, they should just sort of ignore Zachary's murder and use Zeke's location as like a bargaining chip to negotiate with Aaron. And I guess what he's wanting to do is go forward with the normal plan, but also we don't really know what exactly Aaron and Zeke have planned because it sounds like they all want to do like the little rumbling so yeah i don't really get the point of anything uh but it is time to talk about apps so bill i told you a few episodes back that there was this one scene coming up that if if nothing else did it for you if you didn't think aaron was sexy this was going to be the scene to do it if it was gonna happen and you know if you don't think aaron's sexy now that that's totally fine you and me both brother um, unless this scene did do it for you, in which case, hmm. uh, anyways, uh, this is that scene. Aaron comes walking up a hill with the sun setting behind him. And let me just say, that's a dang nice sunset. I really love the color palette of the season. Um, it's more like muted tones. And I recently rewatched the first season and I was kind of turned off by the visuals. I know people freaking love the first three seasons visually and they're like, map is ruining everything. I would never say map is ruining everything because I think their choice of color is fantastic. Uh, the first three seasons of the show, it's like so bright and clean looking that it's, it doesn't fit the story to me. And Mappa's got this like, you know, muted tones and like just kind of like washed out, dirty look to everything. And the characters look almost exactly like they do in the manga, which I don't know, maybe the first three seasons improve on those designs, but I, th I like it. It's familiar. Anyways, at the top of the hill, Aaron meets Flock and the other Jaegerist, and they talk a bit. And then Flock is like, oh, hey, Aaron, I brought up this, I brought you this jacket just in case you like needed it. And Aaron's like, oh, thanks, buddy. I'm shirtless and it's a bit nipply. You know, like, I, I'm, thank you for the jacket. Let me put it on in slow motion real quick. And my favorite thing about this scene 
is that Aaron continues talking while putting on the jacket, but he's talking at a normal speed while the jacket's going on in slow motion and like flapping around in the wind in slow motion. And it's like very, it's very anime and it looks really neat and I like it a lot. (laughs) Um, My least favorite thing about this scene is that they totally fuck it entirely. But hey, before talking about that, let's go ahead and get that whole political discussion bit out of the way. So when reading the manga, I instantly found the Jaegers to be, like, disturbing. Um, yeah, their whole Eldian supremacy thing really gives you, like, gross Nazi QAnon, 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 whatever that dumb shit is, uh, MAGA vibes, and I don't like that at all. Like, it's fine within the context of the story, but to me, they are clearly the villains. Uh, but a lot of people online seem to see them in a different light. And that actually was a lot more, that, that was like real world disturbing to me when I started like getting into the fandom and people are like, the, the, the Jaegerist are the good guys and Aaron did nothing wrong. Um, all of that said, after revisiting their introduction in this episode and giving it some more thought... I think there is a little more nuance to their characterization than I initially gave them credit for. I honestly think if Isayama had wanted to, he could have like pretty easily presented them as like a good group of rebels overthrowing an impressive government because, hey, the Eldian government is not great. I actually tried to come up with a pros and cons list to determine why I like automatically sided with the Eldian government. And the only pro I could come up with is that I like some of the people on that side, you know, Armin, Mikasa, Haji, Levi. Sasha R.I.P. Um, but there's a lot of cons. Uh, one, it's a fascist government. That's not usually good. Um, they force countless civilians to fight titans in order to purposely lower the population. And sure, that was the royal government, but I'm pretty sure the military was heavily involved in that. And these are the same fuckers. Uh, they do shit-eating torture. They have never fought a war against humans and don't even really understand what a country or nation is. So yeah, they they don't know what they're doing and seemingly didn't put too much effort into reaching out to the rest of the world. The only ally they have is one that Zeke Yeager got for them. Whereas Aaron did go out into the world and he probably saw some stuff. Like he, he went on like, I don't know exactly what he did, but he went out there looking at things and that's a lot more than Zachary did. So what I'm saying is while I still think overall the Jaegerst aren't good, the military government is also not very good. So comparing them directly to any of the aforementioned groups isn't 100% accurate. So I have mixed feelings and I don't know, I'd feel disingenuous if I didn't mention this because this is like something from this series that I've thought about a fair bit. But more importantly, let's talk about how MAPPA completely fucked the jacket scene. So, Bill, did you count Aaron's abs in this scene? You know how many he has? Eight. Is that humanly possible? I didn't think so. Because you and I both only have six packs, which clearly comes across like in our voices when you're hearing this podcast. You're just like, those dudes are ribbed as fuck. But according to the internet, to achieve an eight pack, you need to be born with a rectus abdominis that contains four bands of connective tissue running horizontally across it. You also need to regularly work out and eat a healthy diet. So if an 8-pack is possible, how is this scene fucked, you ask? Well, it's because in the manga, Aaron has 10. 10 abs. 
which again, I googled and is a possible thing to have. You just need to be born with a five-banded rectum, whatever. So yes, it's ridiculous, and I don't know how MAPA could do this to us. If they don't rectify this hideous error, I might be through with this show. Anyways, I seem to be the only one who cares, as everyone on Twitter and Reddit are just as freaking horny for Aaron as they have ever been. And I don't know, maybe they didn't notice the lack, the, the, the missing two abs, because of the, they got distracted by Hitch and like thinking she cute and stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. All right, so uh, to bring this all to a close, we're just going to mention that Gabby and Falco have made it to the restaurant. Yolanda and Zeke maybe have a plan that involves restaurants. And uh, Peek is in paradise catching up on the news. Well, the news is probably happening right in front of her, but she just, you know, just open your eyes, people. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I give it, you know, like an 8 out of 10 abs. And until next time, don't get eaten unless you're a billionaire. This is Troidal Power, the host of Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast, the podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, play through games in a powerful way. And right now on Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, I, your host, Troidal Power, am playing through Golden Sun. You should come listen to me play Golden Sun on Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. Find it and a lot of other weird stuff at probablywork.com. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>